0: It's Hugh Ballou. Welcome to this special edition of Orchestrating Success Podcast. My guest today is a dear friend, Dan Clark, who is a very impactful speaker. He's, he is a primary person of influence, and I've spoken about leaders being influencers. And if, I've, I've heard people tell stories, but there's nobody that I've heard that's better than Dan Clark. And Dan, you've written on a lot of different things. You have a number of books, all that sell a lot. But your one I want to focus on today is the, the uh, Significance book. And tell us the title. But before we go there, I don't like reading these dry introductions of my guests. I like my guests to give a little three or four sentence capsule of who you are and what is it you bring to the table. Dan Clark, welcome to my podcast.
1: Thanks, Hugh. You know, I love you. I honor you. made me nervous that you said we've only been friends for a short time. It goes back a couple of years. I don't know what timetable you're on, but... I'm old. That's that's small (laughs) when you get my age. (laughs) But there's so many realities, so many quotes that, that quantify a friendship. And one that always comes to mind is, that if people from your past are not in your present, then they weren't real friends and they weren't real important in your life anyway. So forget about it. And every single time that you and I are on the program together or, or share a venue or even share a telephone call, we just start right where we left off. And, uh, I think that's the true sign of friendship. And that has everything to do with why you have this program that in that is of interest to social entrepreneurs, You and I both know that the goal in life is to seek to bless, not impress. I've been a professional speaker for 35 years. I was sponsored back in 1982 by the world-renowned motivational teacher, Zig Ziglar, who took me under his wing and mentored me for 30 years as his go-to guy and as just a dear, dear friend, Uh, one of the great Christian men on our planet, one of the great uh, teachers and Mm -hmm motivational speakers, and back in the day when I first was invited to start speaking, and I'll give a little bit about my background in a moment, I went to my dad, my hero. I'm a songwriter. I've got some gold records in country music, and one of my very best songs that I wrote about my sweet dad that used to get a lot of radio play was called Special Man. Lyrical hook, any male can be a father, but it takes a special man to be a dad. It's a good song. I'm proud of it. And I went to my dad and I said, dad, what kind of a speaker should I be? I'm starting to get all these opportunities on different venues uh, in every industry on the planet. And he said, be the kind of speaker that you want to listen to. And I have always loved stories. I've always loved music. That's why you and I connected at that heart to heart level right out of the shoots because of your background as a musician, as a concert um, Doctor. orchestra. Leader, Uh, everything that you're about as a conductor that doesn't that doesn't do who you are and what you're about. It doesn't do justice just to call you a conductor. And so I was privileged and fortunate enough to have Zig Ziglar take me under his wing and help me become a storyteller. And my story, in a nutshell, I played football for 13 years. I was in a tackling drill in a practice one day. Coach blew the whistle. Two of us ran into each other full speed. We were 15 yards apart. Our helmets crashed into each other in a violent collision. My right shoulder was smashed into the cutting edge of my fiberglass pads, and we slammed to the ground. And when Lyle got off of me, my eye drooped. I had lost some speech. I couldn't talk anymore. My right side was paralyzed. My arm dangled helplessly at my side. Fast forward, I went to 16 of the very best doctors in all of North America. Every one of them told me I would never get any better. How many of us have heard that? And my question to all of you who are listening, who are tuning in, what happens if you believe someone who says it'll never get, any better, mm. uh, you never get any better? I stayed paralyzed for 14 months physically and emotionally because I was asking the wrong questions. I was asking the doctors how to get better when I should have been asking myself why. And once we answer why, figuring out the how-to becomes clear and simple, not easy but simple. And so what we need to do is tune into podcasts, tune into programs such as yours, Hugh, that validate that regardless if we're in person, belly to belly or on the internet in a podcast scenario or situation, the fact is that we still become the average of the five people we associate with the most. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If you hang around with five broke people, you're going to become the sixth. (laughs) If you hang around with five negative whining people, you're going to become the sixth. The antithesis of that is that we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. And who are the extraordinary human beings? That Max Lucato quote has resonated with me since I heard him say it. We must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. Who are the extraordinary human beings? There are those who understand what you and I fundamentally understand, which everyone who tunes into this program has to understand me, I quantify it. Wealth flows through you, not to you. And to throw a famous Zig Ziglarism on top of that, this simply means we can get anything in this life that we want if we're willing to help enough other people get what they want. So I've written 34 books. I'm a New York Times bestselling author, gold records in country music, primary contributor author, at all the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And I bring all of that together in my self-aggrandizing bio that you asked me to share, Hugh, because the process of writing a hit song is so extraordinary and it applies to everyday living. We have to be able to take an entire experience and distill it into a three minute and 40 second song so every word pays its own way. It's the editing process in real time Mm -hmm. that makes us qualified to, to influence the affluent, to network at the highest levels and to become an influencer. So as a short story writer, I take that same songwriting process and I take an entire experience and consolidate it into a three, three and a half page story because everybody can pull out a book from their handbag, from their desk, from their briefcase in the middle of a day and change their mindset if they so choose to become an influencer, to impact the world one moment at a time, and so I've chosen. Round, you know, we've gone full circle now. I chose a long time ago, and I have continually, continuously chosen to be a storyteller, because when you and I speak, nobody listens. When anybody speaks, nobody listens. When we turn it, tune into the ten o'clock news on television, we don't remember the facts and figures; we remember the interpretation of the facts and figures. Nobody listens to us when we talk, but everybody listens to us when we
0: tell stories. And I I can see the influence of Zig. He said you had to have a speech, give a speech a thousand times before it was any good. And all of us would pay to hear him do the same speech because it was so good. And I've been in the room. I I guess you... uh, had I known you were, you were in the audience when I was speaking, when you first met me, I think you were in my um, in my keynote. Um, I would have been nervous about it because <laughs> you're the best storyteller, and I you know I'm I'm learning storytelling. But um, you you got to observe me, but I've gotten to observe you more. And every time you engage people with the story, it's not just the words of the story, but it's how. You present the story and the drama with the story. It's so great. So, how did you get good at storytelling, and how can I get better?
1: Well, let me tie. Let me compliment you first before, and in, in kind of a, in the in the amalgamation of the answer. When you're a conductor of an orchestra, and you have the score in front of you, multiple pages of the symphonic score, and you're responsible to stand in front of these multiple, I don't know how many, the standard number of people in a symphony, but well over 100 musicians, and each one plays his or her part. Mm-hmm. And as a conductor, what is fascinating about your keynote is that you come out on your tails, and you, before you even say anything, you, you get the audience to respond to your gestures, to your commands with your little miniature baton and you ask us to come into your performance and then you cut us off and then you give us that amplification give us all you got use your diaphragm if you're a singer i want you to i want you to come with with volume and then you silence us and then you give us the metaphor that if you're the triangle player and you only have one piece in this 6 minute one part in this 6 minute concerto You better be ready for when you point at that triangle player and he goes, ding. It magnifies and amplifies the entire performance. So everything that you're about answers your own question, brother. It's the order in which we put our stories that choreographs the emotion of the speech. Oh, may I just share that every song ever written in any language was written with the same 12 notes. And if you write a song with lyrics in English, every single song ever written was written with the same 26 letters of the English alphabet. The only difference between one song and another song is the order in which the 12 notes fall and the timing and spacing in between the notes. So the question of the day is what's the difference between a hit songwriter and a lousy songwriter. They have access to the same 12 notes. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a great banker and a lousy banker they have access to the same interest rates in the same economy. I drive 45 minutes one way to bank and never once I've ever asked what the interest rates are on my loans.
0: Yeah.
1: Money becomes the topic of conversation. It means the presentation is weak and the relationship is non-existent. Yeah. It's all about relationships. Yeah. It's all about that connection. Seek to bless, not impress. I've taught public speaking now for over 10 years at the MBA level. 18 to 25 year old young men and young women sitting at my feet. That sounds aggrandizing again. Sponges seeking to, to understand the secrets of public speaking. And right out of the shoots, I remind them about two things, three things seek to bless, not impress. Number two, it's never about the the speaker. It's always about the audience. But if you and I stand up and we dazzle the crowd And we get a standing ovation and they're doing the wave and name of their future children, Hugh Baloo, And it goes so well that they're impressed with you and me. We have blown it as a speaker. Seek to bless, not impress. Number two, the audience must leave the venue, not impressed with the speaker, but impressed with themselves. There's an inverted triangle formula that we must always follow. It's my trademark. I teach in all of my public speaking seminars and to my students at the university level, inverted triangle. Question number one, why should I listen to you? It's the credibility piece. Have you done it? Or are you currently doing it? Question number two, can I do it? It's the possibility piece with my limitations, with my weaknesses, and, and with my strengths. And then at the base, at the bottom of this inverted triangle, the triangle is inverted on purpose because it funnels to the ROI, the return on investment. What do I do now? It's the actionable piece. It's the usability piece. How do I get from where I am to where I want to be? What is the system? You can't always control what happens, but you can always control what happens next. No matter what your past has been, you have a spotless future. What do I do now? Today, you've never been this old before. Today, you'll never be this young again. So right now and every right now matters. I need to leave this venue committed to doing at least one thing that you suggested that I can do with my weaknesses, with my limitations, and with my strengths. So the idea is for people to leave our venue, to leave our speeches, to leave our presence, those of you who are listening, who are tuning in, who see my, the, the glow on, on, on my head here in my library, in my home, I did that on purpose because he was one of the most angelic Christian men on our planet, but I wanted to upstage you a little bit, showing the, the public that I actually have the angelic glow. <laughs> you do know You have a better camera than I do. I'm taking advantage of the angelic glow.
0: Well, not to mention and more. Not to mention leave more.
1: our audiences they must believe that they can do whatever they dream to do and the last thing that I share with my students as a public speaking teacher and in my public speaking seminars is to make sure that people realize that you spend less time preparing a speech and most of your time preparing yourself to speak which takes us full circle with the inverted triangle the Dan Clark speakers triangle why should I listen to you So if you want to have an impact, you better understand that the reason why we have relationships in the first place is for everyone to leave us saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. And the foundation of every relationship at any level is to understand the definition of sales is the transference of trust. We do business with those whom we trust. Why should I listen to you? The credibility piece. It all ties into the significance of this program, and I suppose the reason why you invited me in. My last book of my 34 books is called "The Art of Significance: Achieving the Level Beyond Success," and I'm ready for your next question.
0: <laughs> well, I'm fascinated by this. We have um, we have a number of people. Uh, we're recording this podcast live, and um, we got another musician, a very world-famous uh, bass singer Doug Lawrence joined. He's sung in every concert stage in the world. Keith Leon says, hi. Keith says, <clears throat> what's the way to getting booked uh, to share our mission? How do we get uh, Renee in um, – she's in Utah. Renee Shaw says, I love it, love it. Um, so, uh, Pye-V, thank you for inviting me to listen to this. I have re- been reminded to do – so she says she loves you every time you speak. So, so Dan, I wanted you on here because I work with so many leaders doing so many different things. I'm going gonna, gonna to share that, that question before we quit here. Um, Keith wants to know how to get on stages. I think they should, they should go to danclark.com and participate in one of your speaker events. Now, these podcasts, I don't date anything because people might be listening to this podcast a year from now, and there's really important messages so the events you have uh you might continue to have these but you do these speaker boot camps and you're going yes, soup to nuts can they find out about that at danclark.com or where can they find out about
1: that yeah, that's my website danclark.com and if you click on receive free gifts and training you'll receive down free downloads of some of my books on coaching and leadership and I have a joke book and a quote book and parenting significant children. I have four amazing children, so many books on so many topics, (coughs) excuse me. But the reason why I want you to click on receive free gifts and training is to join my tribe. And Hugh and I take a lot of pride in keeping in in touch. And remember I said earlier, we become the average of the five people we associate with the most Mm -hmm. in the real world. If you have horses, you'll realize that if you put a hard-to-catch horse in the same field with an easy-to-catch horse, most of the time you end up with two hard-to-catch horses. In the human experience, if you put a healthy child in the same room with a sick child, most of the time you end up with two sick children. world of the story, to be disciplined, healthy, and significant, we must be willing to pay any price, travel any distance, to associate with extraordinary human beings who are disciplined, healthy, and significant. Online, podcasting, especially joining our tribes, please go to danclark.com. You'll always have the update on where I'm going around the country with my speaker boot camps. And there's nothing better than figuring out a way to answer three questions. Number one, do you believe that you have a message worth sharing with the world? Do you believe that you've been tapped on the shoulder and that you have a message that you feel obligated to share with the world? that your stage is bigger than Toad Suck Ferry, Arkansas, that your, big, your stage, as, as, as Hugh demonstrates, it's bigger than wonderful Lynchburg, Virginia. What a beautiful, beautiful city, historic, so extraordinary. But Hugh's stage is the entire world, and that's why Hugh and I met as faculty members of an, inor- an, an, an incredible organization. So the question to all of you is, what are you willing to do to take your message to the world to fulfill your ultimate capacity and potential as a human being and fulfill your manifest destiny. If you've been tapped out and it's not a job and it's not a career, but it's a calling and you need to attend one of my speaker boot camps, more importantly, you need to join my tribe on danclark.com and join Hughes Tribe, obviously, because together we rise. When the water in the lake goes up, all the boats rise together. Thanks for
0: plugging that here. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that and about your, your radio show. We'll, we'll save the radio show for a few minutes. We got a hard break cause you got somewhere to go, but um, give me, you know, give me a countdown when you get to five minutes, but you're all over the world. People can find out about you. Let's go back to this art of significance. It's, it's related to um, the leader being the influencer and, when I work with leaders, it doesn't matter if you're on stage in front of a 1,000 people or you're speaking to one person. Working on our presentation skills is primary because leaders are influencers. And my, my podcast, as you know, is Orchestrating Success. It's got me in my penguin suit where you first met me. And it's, it's converting our passion to profit. Profit is about money, but it's about other things as well. Like in the Bible, what does a man profit if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? You know, there's 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 lots of nuances. We gotta have positive cash flow because we gotta pay the bills. Whether you're running a charity or you're running a business, you gotta focus on we're giving value so there's a reciprocity of that value. So my question, Dan, is people are hung up. Am I good enough? Do I have good enough content? What do you say to yourself? to help empower you to do the magical presenting. And I don't see you any different when you and I are talking one-to-one and when you're on stage. There's nothing phony that you're putting on on stage. That's Dan Clark. It's just you got more people paying attention. So you've been able to equip and empower and center yourself for telling the story. What's behind that? How did you get here?
1: Well, everybody claims that the number one fear of, of people is the fear of speaking in public. And I, I don't even, I can't even relate to that. In my experience, I could no more stand in front of a room and speak than fly to the moon. I could always be in the back of the room and, you know, have a twisted sense of humor and we can make people laugh all day long. And you and I are pretty good one-on-one and most people are pretty good one-on-one. So the answer to the question has to be the answer to what we believe And the reason why you say I'm centered and the reason why I say you're centered is, and the reason why we're authentic, the reason why we're the same off stage as we are on stage is because what we talk about is not a show. We didn't just hire some magnificent speech writer to make us look good as a Shakespearean actor to take the stage and when the lights hit us, we click it on and suddenly we walk off the stage and we have no character and we have no class and we have no personality and we have no sense of humor, it's all a staged event. There are way too many people like that in my profession. And their attitude is so pathetic, it's it's offensive. People in the educational world who are our wonderful educators, so many of them get caught up in the same pathetic mess. I don't even know if that's a word, that I experience in my own profession as a professional speaker. And I'm saying that so often when professional speakers get together, you'll hear someone say the audience loved me on Wednesday, but they sucked on Friday. They just didn't get me. Mm -hmm. And that's because they still think it's about them instead of about the audience. And so they just show up and whip off speech a, and they have the same punctuating pauses and the same gestures and the same influx in their voice. They do everything exactly the same, But they go to a venue that's hot. The people haven't eaten all day. They're the last ones on the program. There's been a riot outside the city two days before. Whatever the situation is, they don't take into consideration, and therefore they don't connect. So long ago, that's why I decided I should be a storyteller. So my speaking formula, preparing a speech, is really about preparing yourself to speak, which means you have a bucket list and no matter what you keep filling that bucket list with with accomplishments you keep checking off the boxes but you keep refilling the bucket list so that everybody says to themselves dan clark's message is fresh because he is mm-hmm. and therefore we owe it to ourselves to have continuously have wonderful experiences so off camera before we even started the podcast you you showed me the pictures of your brand new home and you took me on this virtual tour through the living room and through this amazing master bedroom suite and this gajillion dollar bathroom and the the, the front walkway the entranceway, the grand staircase it was unbelievable well off camera you and i start shooting the bull and before we know it you will have an entire 10 minute story Using the metaphor of selling an old house, upgrading, downsizing, and getting the home of your dreams at your age. You look phenomenal for 103 years of age. Yes, right. And to make a move now, well, there's a story in moving into this home and finding this home, in allowing this home to define who you and your, your relationship are or is. So I'm saying there's stories in our lives every day. May I just say something about this inverted triangle again? So many people think that the credibility piece, the why should I listen to you, is about an extraordinary story. It's not an extraordinary story. If anybody is listening and paying attention who really wants to learn to be a professional speaker, we must first be ordinary before we can be extraordinary. Mm. As a professional speaker, I've realized after all these 35 years, people don't relate to my perfections if I even have any. They relate to my imperfections. They don't give a rat's azoodle if I've ever succeeded. They want to know, Clark, did you ever fail? Did you ever fall down? And then what did you do about it? So in this credibility piece, people need to relate to our imperfections more than our perfections. We need to first be ordinary instead of extraordinary. Too many people think, oh my gosh, I could never be a professional speaker because the guy yesterday who spoke to our group, he had his head cut off, and he still speaks fluent French. Oh, my gosh. It was unbelievable. It was so inspiring. As a speaker, I get—I realize I'm twisted. My profession has twisted me. The other day, I'm on an airplane, and we hit turbulence. We, it was the most brutal turbulence I've ever experienced in all my years flying around the world. And we're bouncing all over the sky. People are praying. People are screaming. People are saying the rosary. And what am I thinking? My twisted mind goes, my gosh, do you realize if we crash and I survive, my speaker's fee triples? (laughs) It's awesome. So, yes, I've become twisted because we all think we need a more important, more exotic story than the speaker we follow. No, that's not the case. Everybody has a story. Everybody in their life has had a significant emotional event, sadly, dealing with the military who are coming back from the war with PTS. It's not PTSD. It's not a disorder. We need to treat it as an injury, which means if you go through the proper steps of recovery, you can recover from an injury. I've broken my body up so many places and so many times. What I've realized, if we go through the proper steps of rehab, the part of our body that was injured becomes stronger and more resilient than it was before we injured it, which includes our minds, which includes our hearts, which includes our personalities. But PTS, post-traumatic stress, they say everybody, if we dive deep enough and are honest enough with ourselves, has had a post-traumatic stress situation in our lives, an automobile accident, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, uh, you know whatever the case may be, they all differ in different, they, they all differ in degrees of seriousness. But the definition of a p- post-traumatic stress uh, injury is that we cannot stop remembering. Well, if we can impact those individuals by sharing a story that makes us ordinary, relatable right out of the shoots, then we are in a position of credibility to also share that they can do it too because we did something extraordinary after we've connected ordinary. You know, as a high school kid, I was so skinny, I had to jump around in the shower to get wet. I had so many zits, I fell asleep in my math class, the kids played connect the dots on my face. You have perfect hair, Hugh, it has not moved since 1977. I'm losing hair right here, I'm growing it in places I don't even need it, it's not a fair trade (laughs) off my only hope. Is it the hair of my right ear will grow long enough? I can comb it up over the top of my head and fake everybody out. Self-deprecating humor makes us ordinary. Mm-hmm. In over to pull up my socks, I think, what else can I accomplish while I'm way down here? We can relate at the ordinary level <clears throat> in every aspect of our lives way before we seek to be extraordinary. And that's the secret to storytelling. So what we have to do is take, a, take an inventory, a self-audit internally excavate what we know about the nine areas of life, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, financial, family or familial, recreation, and obviously charitable giving. And each of us should have at least a story in each one of those nine categories if we're worth listening to. And each one of us should have a goal in each one of those nine categories that we can improve upon to give us more credibility, volunteer more hours, demonstrate our love of charity, of volunteerism, of service before self, physical, get in shape, mental, continuous education, spiritual. Religion is for those who are afraid to go to hell. Spirituality is for those of us who have already been there. But you and I both know we need both of them in our lives. Why do we need organized religion? Because we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. We need to join a tribe. We need to share experiences. And because this is about social entrepreneurship, it's not money that is evil, my friend. It's the love of money that gets us into trouble. It's the love of money that ruins personal relationships. It's the love of money that screws up our lives and we die with our music still in us. So regardless if any of your viewers or listeners are of the Jewish tradition or Muslim tradition, it doesn't matter. This Christian example from the Holy Bible applies to all of us. The Good Samaritan, the exact same coinage, the exact same money that the Good Samaritan used in the biblical example, the exact same money and coinage that the Good Samaritan used to benefit his community is the exact same coinage that Judas Iscariot used to betray Jesus Christ. It's not money that is evil, it's the love of money that gets us into trouble. So no longer do we have to make excuses for making a profit, for making a money, for making money. Because when the more money we make, the more taxes we pay, which allows us to build the infrastructure of America, take care of the homeless, take care of the widows, do our part. But more significantly, create events and create charitable organizations where our money can be donated to the proper foundations and causes to benefit the world. That's where you and I have connected. You have a passion and a calling to help nonprofit organizations figure out a way to more effectively fund their causes so that we can change the world. Again, one story at a time.
0: And you know, the, the leaders and charities need a story. Those entrepreneurs building a business need a story. You, you uncovered a couple of, couple of things. Um, feeling significant. Um, I don't know what the journey was like for you conceiving and, and creating that book, but you've got some profound stories about significance. But, you know, you, you, you hit on a point. Um, I gave you a link uh, last few days of my interview with Les Brown, who certainly, it, you know, you guys are on the same level as far as making the audience want more and being so excited. And I had to follow Les Brown twice. I haven't had to follow uh, Dan Clark at all. Thanks God. God. But I had to follow Les Brown and he, I was in the back of the room, which was not a good thing to do when Les was speaking and he had people on his feet. They were excited. They were cheering And Whoa. He went out to standing ovation and then here comes Hugh Baloo. There was a break with refreshments and I went and got dressed. was putting on my tails. This is a story of, of anchoring ourselves in our own authenticity and not comparing people ourselves to others. So I'm looking in the mirror and I'm doing my white tie with, with my tails on. I looked in the mirror and I said, you're nervous. What are you going to do about it? So I replied back to myself and I said, you're going to go out there and you're going to be Hugh Baloo." So I completely erased what happened before And I just stood out there and did my thing. And, Dan, it was the best I ever was. So how do you – have you ever been to a place where you wanted to compare yourself to that person? You say, oh, I couldn't live up to this. And if so, how did you manage that? Because a lot of us have some doubt that we don't measure up and we're constantly trying to compare ourselves with others, which is not really a thing we ought to be doing, correct?
1: Absolutely. And it goes back to answering the question, why should I listen to you? being ordinary before we're extraordinary, everybody has a story. And again, I said, I can't relate to people who say the number one fear is speaking in public. Not if you talk about what you believe in, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And when you dive deeper into your understanding, you start realizing the metaphors that, you know, sadness gives depth, you know, happiness gives, gives life. You know, the metaphor of a tree, branches give, give, give height, roots give depth, branches have dreams for sale, branches allow us to think bigger, roots go deeper and anchor us so that when the winds of change come, we're not going to be blown away. Mm -hmm. And the metaphor of the tree is the higher the tree goes, the deeper the roots go. The bigger the tree, the bigger the roots. Uh That's what creates the balance. Pain is the signal to grow, not to suffer. Once we learn the lesson, the pain teaches us. The pain goes away. So in life, there's no mistakes, only lessons. Crisis does not make or break the man or woman. It just reveals the true character within. Adversity introduces us to ourselves. No one will ever know how good we can become, become until we're tested. You never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. I don't want people to think I'm a walking cliche. These are my quotes. I believe these things. I've taken the time to quantify what I believe. So when I walk out on stage, I know I have a unique factor. This is my perspective. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Every one of, our, of your listeners today we're in the same room with you and I. And magically, you opened up the wall of your beautiful new home in Lynchburg. And all of us could witness the same lashing rainstorm at the same time. One person would complain, what a horrible day. Another person would exclaim, what a wonderful day. And the weather did not change. We owe it to our audience to share what we see through our glasses, what we see through our window panes to the world. And until we have a unique enough perspective, we're not qualified to speak because no one will listen to us. And that goes back to the bucket list. That goes back to who on your bucket list you need to interview that will illuminate the principles of life and the the, the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership that I discuss in my book, The Art of Significance, which builds your credibility. And then you could challenge the status quo. I'm famous for being the maverick outlaw. I love to challenge the status quo, and that's the nucleus and the reason why I wrote my book, The Art of Significance. Mm-hmm. I identified the 12 most common principles of success that are debatable that have actually created limiting beliefs, and I replaced each one of those with what I call the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership that are irrefutable, they are never debatable. So what we have to do is challenge the status quo. So I love to say things like, so how many of you have sat around or know people sitting around saying, ah, is the glass half empty or half full? Those who wonder if the glass is half empty or half full have missed the point, Hugh. It's refillable. <laughs> thinking positively or thinking negatively does not fill up the glass. The pouring does. It's easier to act your way into positive thinking than it is to think your way into positive action. It's not the sugar that makes the tea sweet. It's the stirring. It's the process. We've all heard it's not happiness is not found in the destination. It's found in the journey. So now let's challenge a sacred cow put forth by Stephen Covey living in Utah. I've known Covey since 1975. We shared multiple breakfasts and dinners and and talks together. What a guru, what a class Christian human being. Well, one of his seven habits is begin with the end in mind, with all due respect. When he wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I would suspect most of your listeners, most of your viewers, Hugh, because we're out of the same peapod, we all devoured that transformational book. And after I publicly could admit that I had four of the seven habits down, he comes out with a new book, The Eighth Habit. I immediately emailed Stephen Covey. Calm down. We don't need any more freaking habits. we still on the first seven. But with all due respect to this good man, God rest him, his you know, God rest his soul, passed away. Beginning with the end in mind, Hugh, is a limiting belief because it forces us to focus on a destination that's impressive doing our best to manage people and reward results. I've interviewed multiple people who have scaled Mount Everest, who have summited Mount Everest. I've interviewed men who walked on the moon. One particular man, second man on the moon, within three years after he accomplished that destination, he was bankrupt, divorced, and homeless, It was an alcoholic. Destinations do not bring any long-term satisfaction. We just check a box and are suddenly empty, trying to find a new thing to do that impresses ourselves and others. What I've done is I've replaced begin with the end in mind with a higher law, a different mindset. When we begin with the why in mind, it inspires us. Remember, inspired people don't have to be motivated. When we begin with the why in mind, mm. we, are, we are inspired to focus on a journey that's important. And we manage expectations or only reward effort, which means the goal is to become better today than we were yesterday, which is a long answer to your simple question. Our human tendency is to always compete and compare ourselves with others. That's wrong. And when we focus on the end in mind, when we begin with the end in mind, it's only about competition instead of collaboration. And here's why. Are you tall? Are you short? Are you wide? Are you thin? Are you smart? Are you stupid? Are you fast? Are you slow? Are you pretty? Are you pretty ugly? Says who compared to what? I was a keynote speaker at the National Convention for Eating Disorders, anorexia and bulimia. So I did my due diligence Had my conference call, I tried to become as much of an expert on the topic as as I possibly could. And when I got to the, the convention, I was perplexed because they kept referring it to an eating as an eating disorder. And anorexia and bulimia doesn't have one thing to do with food. So, yes, I singled out a young woman. I kind of scanned the audience to make sure she could handle it. And I just asked her if she would participate as the spokesperson for everyone else in the audience of several thousand who would participate in answering my questions and I repeated just exactly what I said to you. Are you tall? Are you short? Are you white? Are you thin? Are you fast? Are you slow? Compared to who? Says, says who compared to what? And the obvious visual was if we put a young lady on that proverbial deserted island, And she had no access to fashion magazines with the Photoshop twiggy models that are really non-existent. Would she think think of herself as a beautiful woman? Would she love herself just the way she is? Of course she would, because she is who she is. And my dad always told me growing up, be the best you you can be. You're going to make a lousy somebody else. And if you spend your whole entire life trying to be somebody else, who's going to be you? It's human tendency, you, to compare ourselves with others. So what I did was I compared the 12 most common principles of success with the results that they're achieving, and I was appalled. Someone else that I need to throw into the bus with all due respect is Jim Collins, a great author, wonderful former professor at Stanford University. I've shared the the platform with him, the program with him many, many times, And most people don't realize that as authors, the most sacred space in an airport bookstore, the most sacred space in a bookstore is the shelf. And some publishers pay $100,000 to have their author's book featured in the front of a bookstore in an airport for one week. So to have your book on a bookshelf in a bookstore is a really big deal. And I've got 34 books that I watch, and I take a lot of pride when I walk through an airport and there's my book on a shelf. Or I go into Barnes and & Noble's, and they have more than five of my volumes on a shelf because they're selling them. Art of significance, achieving the level beyond success. You realize that today, I'm not putting any date on this podcast. So this podcast could have been in 2005, Mm-hmm. 2022, you realize that Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, it was published in 2001. And with the nine years after publication, by 2009, 50% of his examples of great organizations were obsolete, and yet it's found on every bookstore in America and throughout the world right now. That's wrong. We are bamboozling those who are seeking counsel to become business gurus where is Circuit City where is Borders where is Blockbuster he gave a five page expose on the greatness of Fannie Mae and it single handedly brought down the economy of the entire universe there are people on Mars still pissed off at Jim Collins and Fannie Mae where is the book thats that doesn't have to be updated Well, of course, Jim Collins, to save face, immediately came out with another book, Why the Great Fall. Well, that's unacceptable. What he failed to do is he failed to ask the deeper questions. He identified what organizations made the transfer process from good to great, but what he also failed to explain And identify were those organizations that also followed the exact same qualities, that followed the exact same processes and formulas that he illuminated in good to great, that did not make the leap from good to great. And what he failed to also identify were those traits of these organizations that became great organizations, that also shared the same traits, the same negative traits, that it would eventually lead to their demise, So what I did is I identified these 12 most common principles of success and I replaced them with what I call the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership. Again, my book's called The Art of Significance, published by Penguin in 2013. Every one of your listeners needs to purchase this book on Amazon. It will change your life. I guarantee it will transform your mindset in your life and your organization from successful to significant let me just quickly share how I've identified how I've set up the chapters by throwing the principle of success under the bus in the same chapter title by illuminating and identify, identifying the replacement highest law of the universe. Law number one, practice obedience over free will agency. Law number two, practice perseverance instead of patience. You and I are both good Christian men. In the Bible, it says, uh, patience is a virtue. Not always, my friends, not always. Any virtue taken to the extreme can become a vice. Patience allows us to never begin. Patience allows us to mindlessly wait our turn, believing that that this is the hand I've been dealt, this is the cross I must bear, there's nothing I can do about it. It was meant to be absolutely false theology, bad idea. Perseverance is patience with a purpose where we proactively take our turn because we know why we should. Faith without works is not faith at all. Hope is not a method. French philosopher Pascal said, too many people are living their lives hoping to be happy, but because they only hope they never really are. Too many are waiting for someone to invite them to the senior prom, and they've never even taken the time to learn how to dance. This law number two alone will transform the way you believe about time and urgency. Law number three, proactively stretch instead of change. Proactively four, trust predictability instead of hope and faith, which we just talked about. Law number five, know the whole truth instead of believing what you think. Law number six, focus on winning instead of team. Focus on winning instead of team. There's no I in team, but there's no I in sucks either. It's not all about team. Teams lose. It's about winning. There's two I's in winning. I won't go there. Law number seven, do right instead of seeking to be best. Best is only relevant depending on what you compare it against. We know that. If you and I play in a celebrity golf tournament and I win because I shoot 108, the par for 18 holes is 72. And I win the golf tournament shooting 108 and everyone else shoots 125 and I win because I suck less than you suck, that's a bad system. Best is only relevant depending on what you compare it against. Law number eight, experience Uh, Harmony instead of forcing balance. You know about that as a conductor, as a musician. Mm -hmm. Harmony instead of forcing balance. We don't become multitaskers. We think like a juggler. A juggler only controls the ball in her hand. Once you've relinquished control, once you've let go of that ball, you've relinquished control, so why worry about it? And focus in on the ball in your hand, the task at hand, that you can do something about until you catch The ball again. Wonderful discussion on law number eight. Law number nine accept others instead of judging them. Message for Charlottesville, Virginia, in your backyard there, good brother. Mm -hmm. Number ten we need to love and be needed instead of romanced and used. In a business sense, successful people are eager to romance and admire others based on selfish interests and a desire to use them and their connections. But to love is a genuine and significant motive. My personal motto, sorry, I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again. It speaks volumes to the elements we need to cultivate in ourselves and align with and reward in others. Law number 11, establish covenants instead of making commitments. That alone will help you become a social entrepreneur. Why? The definition of commitment, Hugh, is a two-way contract born out of suspicion. Are you with me?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: a list of your responsibilities. I'll make a list of my responsibilities. I will hold you accountable to your list. You will hold me accountable to my list. If either one of us, if either one of us violate any one of those line item responsibilities, the contract is nil and void. 50% divorce rate in America. Too many contractual agreements completely busted because of lack of integrity. But maybe the system is broken. A covenant is the highest law in relationships. A covenant is born out of trust and love. It's a one-way promise born out of trust and love, which means no matter what you say to me, no matter how you treat me, I will still walk on higher ground. I will still be the man of integrity I will still follow my my code of ethics, my honor code of ethics to be exactly the same all the time, no matter what you say or what you do. I will be the same off stage as I am on stage. I will not stand up and put on a show as a, quote, professional presenter. I will be a professional speaker, putting the audience first and spend most of my time preparing myself to speak. And then law number 12, which is the book into obedience, it's forgiveness. Forgive. Instead of apologize. And this is perhaps the greatest characteristic of a social entrepreneur, the greatest characteristic of a human being, the greatest characteristic of a parent, and obviously what draws me to you, brother, the greatest characteristic of a superhuman being in Hubaloo. Well, All of the laws are described in depth and illustrated by powerful short stories, funny experiences, anecdotes, metaphors. In my book, The Art of Significance, please go to Amazon.com. I want to transform the world, and I guarantee you will not die with your music still in you if you just buy this book, study it, and keep in touch with me on DanClark.com. Ah.
0: I'll have, I'll have the, uh, the, the the notes from this interview on, on the Facebook page, I, I mean, on my my webpage. I transcribe all the notes, I'll put the links in there for people. Dan Clark you're an amazing leader you you influence lots of people you're also uh, a music trait you're a very good listener and you you have repeated back things i've said over the i think it's been more than 2 years we've done each other you've you've repeated multiple things about me which is quite remarkable so i'm 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 very touched by by that and your affirmations your friendship shall we um share with people our little discussion before we went live about uh, the multi-day executive retreat we're we're planning to do is that a is that something we're going to do
1: absolutely and ladies and gentlemen again we make no excuses or apologies for for charging money for putting a monetary value on something <clears throat> I was the guy back in the Reagan White House between 1983 and 1989. I was invited by Mrs. Reagan into the Reagan White House to take her First Lady Initiative, Just Say No program, to students across America. So between 83 and 89, I spoke in thousands and thousands of high schools in all 50 states to over 6 million teenagers. And, you know, 172 college university campuses that are convocation speaker. And then those students, Nature of the Beast, they became – As college graduates, they became the leaders in their companies and involved in HR, and that's how I made the transition into the corporate arena as a professional speaker, speaking on leadership, on team building, on motivation, obviously, and on safety. And that's why I've had this Hall of Fame career. I was named one of the top ten speakers in the world on two different occasions, 1999 and again in 2015, inducted in the National Speakers Hall of Fame in 2005. I say that because... I want to answer for our listeners, why should I listen to you? Well, let me brag on my partner in crime here, Hugh Ballou. He understands the, the, the highest laws of the universe. He lives his message. He knows he is the message. He's the same offstage as he is on stage. But what he understands as a conductor, as a musical genius, as a motivator from the stage, one who can choreograph the, the, the order in which the 12 notes fall, as I do, I choreograph the stories and the material and the order in which we place those stories to take our listeners and our audience members on an emotional roller coaster ride so that when we're through, they are not only emotionally drained, drained, drip dry, but they leave saying, "I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again." That's the preamble to our offering. We believe, I'm speaking for you and Hugh now, and anyone else we bring on as superstar faculty members, we believe that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. And what attracts these extraordinary human beings are people who are willing to invest in themselves where they understand that if money becomes the topic of conversation, it means the presentation is weak and the relationship is non-existent. Every single time I went into a high school or a middle school, junior high, and they knew that the assembly was for free. I was lucky to even have a microphone, and most of the students didn't show up. They would go to seven eleven because their idea of a high school assembly, their level of expertise had been a retired army band with some old guys showing up with, with five teeth playing the tuba. And that's not to slam our military, and that's definitely not to slam our army reserves or our army retire or our retired army. Just visualize a group of seven or eight men who were hitting about every fourth note who were 162 years old and the kids could not relate. So when they announced that there was going to be a high school motivational assembly, these kids went AWOL. When I charged $50, I would show up and they'd have some lame microphone set up with a short in the cord back in the day without any cordless microphones. When I charged $100, the microphone actually worked. When I charged $250, suddenly it was an investment. The school had skin in the game and the audio visual department actually showed up. So now I had a stage, I had lighting, and the kids were supposed to come. When I charged $500 an assembly, Now it was mandatory, and all of the teachers had to accompany their students, which became the police force, the security force, to keep the wild and crazies in line long enough for the assembly to start. And then it was my job to keep their attention with my stories, my humor, and obviously my music at the end. When we charged $750 an assembly, the faculty all showed up. The administration showed up. The counselors showed up parents were invited. And as the price continually escalated because of supply and demand, it became obvious that we all need skin in the game, whatever that means. When we have a charity event and the corporation buys the table and then they send people who can't afford to bid on the silent auction items or the live auction items and it's a fundraiser, we shoot ourselves in the foot. We need to make the program so compelling that the CEO level, the C-suite level, leaders of that organization want to come and then they have the deep pockets where they can bid on the silent auction items they can bid on the live auction items and we can make it the fundraiser that we all dream it to be so we can make the difference we're all claiming to 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 want to make so having said that we haven't put a price point obviously it's going to be an exclusive event that Hugh and I put together obviously it's going to be a 3-day event because if it's one day there's no overnight stay There's no slumber party mentality. There's no transformation. It's just another meeting where we laugh and think and cry together. And we go back home and flip on back into the exact same situation we were before we left. Because while we're together, a reality has not changed. If we spend the night, one night, so it's a two-day event the transformation starts to begin to occur because we are starting to think in a different way. And now we have isolated ourselves against and away from reality because we do not watch the news. We do not read tweets. We do not touch base with a potential negative environment that we've left at home or work. But the magic occurs when we have two nights away, a total of three days where we have sequestered ourselves from the world and we've begun to transform from these 12 principles of success that have created limiting beliefs and replace them with the 12 highest universal laws of life changing leadership as an automatic thought process, which obviously uh, validates my mantra on my website, my mantra in my business, When you attend one of my speeches, when you read one of my books, when you attend our joint three-day event, guaranteed self-mastery will become permanent, winning will become personal, and leadership will become automatic. Stay tuned as you and I brainstorm. Guaranteed it will require skin in the game, a high-ticket item, which will attract the most significant individuals on our planet who have a desire to transform their lives from successful to significant so they don't die. So we don't die with our music still in us. Remember the goal is not to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. And Hugh and I have agreed to do whatever we know how to do to put together the right curriculum, the right formula, and using his expertise as a conductor to put all of us in our proper positions, playing the correct instruments that we actually are natural at playing and together create a magic, magical experience that will transform our lives forever. Long answer, Hugh. Sorry, but I believe in you. I love you. Our chemistry has always been natural. Our cause is the same. And anyone listening would be a fool not to take advantage of this opportunity. Because we will take personal development to the highest level possible because we understand the metaphor of the tree. The deeper the roots, the higher the branches. The bigger the tree, the stronger and bigger the roots. We need balance and all of them will occur simultaneously just like they do in nature.
0: Very well spoken, as I would anticipate, and I I will concur with everything you said. Um, You and I talked at this level, but you came to the ground level, and um, we're perfectly aligned in all of that. Dan Clark, besides being a special friend, you're a, a special influencer. You've always, every time I've seen you, you always give value to everyone that's in your presence. Thank you. You, you you don't select people. You give value as people step up and you care about people and you give yeah. them value. And yeah, yeah, I
1: mentioned that the radio, may yeah, I mention my radio
0: show? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I mentioned that earlier. We've got to get, get it back around to it. Where can we find the radio show?
1: Again, we our obligation. If you believe that it's a job or, a, or, a or a, a career in which you're engaged, I'm sorry, that's just sad and you're going to die with your music still in you. We need to find our life's work. We need to find our calling. My calling is I've never missed a speech since 1982. Why? I'm not trying to be some noble knight in shining armor. I know, I believe this in my heart of hearts, that there is someone in my audience, a man and a woman, at least one or two in every one of my audiences, who is hurting as badly as I was. And I was able to tap back into my human spirit of resiliency. I' had lost hopelessness and human connection, which are the two major causes of suicide in our country. I experienced those, and I had hit rock bottom, and I know that there's at least one man and one woman in every one of my audiences who is hurting as badly as I was, and it's my moral obligation to do everything I know how to do to share humor to share thought-provoking ideas, philosophies of life, a little bit of music, and definitely my inspirational stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, to do anything from Chicken Soup for the Soul to do anything to inspire you to take it to the next level. So writing books is not enough. Being invited on magnificent podcasts like Hugh Ballou's is not enough. And so I've been given a platform, a two-hour show on what is called voiceamerica.com. It's a on-demand podcast radio show available on the internet, obviously, but it's broadcast live every Tuesday hmm. from 12 noon Pacific time to 2 p.m. Pacific time. You do the, the math to figure out which time zone you're in. And then it's rebroadcast 10 to 13 times every single week across the other channels on voiceamerica.com and my channel happens to be the influencers channel I'm honored to be the number one host on the influencers channel I'm trying to build my tribe I want to build my listeners you need to go on voiceamerica.com click on the influencers channel look me up by name Dan Clark look me up by the name of my program the art of significance I have a log, a library log of all the previous podcasts that you can listen to. I've interviewed Tim Ballard, who started Operation Underground Railroad, who is saving and interrupting the sex trafficking going on in our world. I've interviewed Rudy from the movie Rudy. I've interviewed the Tate uh, Mask, who started and founded as the current CEO of Infusionsoft, which is the premier um, Contact Management, Follow-Up System for Entrepreneurs Across the Globe, uh, Miss USA. The list goes on and on and on. I always have a Grammy Award-winning songwriter who talks about the reason why they wrote the song, the story behind their number one song. And then I have the artist perform on that, that radio show who they, they, they perform the song that the songwriter has described. Tim McGraw, Live Like Your Diet, a Little Big Town, Girl Crush, uh, Keith Urban. Uh, multiple hits, you know, uh, Tonight I Want to Cry, I, Who Wouldn't Want to Be Me, Days Go By, written by my, my hit songwriter and buddy, Monty Powell. The list goes on and on and on. Please tune into my show. I interview athletes, celebrities, um, business entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs, gurus, I welcome you. And I want you to join my listenership because I'm trying to make a a difference in the world and you're allowing me to do that. Again, voiceamerica.com, radio network, voiceamerica.com, the Influencers Channel. The name of the show, Art of Significance. And I'm Dan Clark. Join my tribe at danclark.com. You can tell I'm passionate about keeping in touch and I hope I'm not overkilling it. But please, please reach out to me as I will reach out to you and together we rise.
0: Dan Clark, you rock. Thank you for being on Orchestrating Success.
1: My pleasure. Good brother. God bless you.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c sweetradiocom